0: Coming up on Art Palace... All artists
1: should put hangers on the back of all of their artwork <laughs> before showing up with your artwork to be installed.
0: Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Irig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool people are some of the artists of Employed, a staff art exhibition. This interview was part of our In Conversation series and was recorded live on January 19th, 2017. I led the conversation and was joined by Aaron Geideman, PJ Grimm, Larry Malott, Samantha Hayes, and Denise Welbrock. If you haven't been up to see the show, I think you should definitely check it out. But I'm guessing probably most people here have already seen it. And we're lucky enough to have five of the artists uh, speaking with us. And I thought we'd just go down the line at least first and just have everyone introduce yourselves and let people know, uh, A, what you do here at the museum, and B, what is in the show. That What kind of work do you make? So.
2: My name is Erin Geideman, I am the Design and Marketing Assistant here at the Cincinnati Art Museum. I have three photographs in in the Employed Show currently from my series, I Can See Right Through You.
1: Uh, PJ Grimm, I'm a preparator here at the installation department, Uh, handle the artwork and do stuff like make mounts and do stuff like that. my pieces are kind of hard to describe. I work with newspaper and cement and smash it all together and see what I can make.
0: They are sculptures. Yes. I would say that's, that's maybe one way to describe it. Some are flat, though. Maybe not just like, you've never seen anything like it. A form <laughs> <artist laughs> unlike anyone. It's like, you know how some art is flat. Mine isn't. It's got a, It's a sculpture. It's, it's flattish. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. I've already interrupted one person. I'll try not to do this again.
3: Uh, I'm Sammy Hayes, I work in the gift shop here, and uh, I have two printmaking pieces in the show, uh, one of which is a combination of screen printing and installation. Yeah.
4: Uh, my name is Larry Malat. I work in, in design and installation. I'm a, also a preparator, and uh, I, I do exhibition design as well. I have a piece in the show, it is a costume, uh, I do costume and performance.
5: My name is Denise Welbrock and I work in security here uh, and I have paintings and drawings in the exhibition.
0: Um, So I wanted to just start by asking you guys, you know, some basic questions about how working at the museum has affected your art or has it affected your art? So I guess that'll be my first question. Has, Has the museum affected the things you're making in any particular way? And we don't have to go down the line again, anyone can start. Not all at once, though. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely affected um, the way I finish my artwork, uh, being in installation and handling artwork and uh, what it takes to get artwork on display, on the walls, or whatever you need to do with it. It really makes you think about that when you're producing your own artwork and you're like, well, who could potentially ever be touching this or trying to deal with this mess that I'm creating now. And so I do think, I think differently on how to finish uh, the final product.
0: Anyone else?
5: Yeah, I'd say um, it's definitely influenced my art making as well. I started around my junior year of college and I could just see my work getting better with constantly being surrounded by the artwork in the galleries and it just, helped me produce at a quicker level and um, just really inspired my work making. So, yeah.
4: I, mean, I t- definitely agree uh, with, with PJ as far as the influence that's had, you know, the, the process that, that you go through, hanging a show, but also the materials that we use, um, just the, the attention to detail and then thinking of, about also the future, you know, storing moving, handling artwork.
0: And I guess I'm kind of curious about the flip side of that. Is there anyone who maybe has had, is there any sort of negative reaction, like almost discouraging to be surrounded by like amazing art? <laughs> I could see that having almost like a, uh I, I can't, how, how am I expected to achieve this?
2: <laughs> Not that it's necessarily discouraging, but um, I some, sometimes find it's difficult to find the work-life balance between working here and like working on my own art um, as a photographer, um, specifically somebody that still shoots film. Um, I know I have like 15 rolls of film on my bookshelf that I just haven't been able to afford to get developed. so <laughs> for me, that's put a little bit of a pause uh, on my art practice. Um, but still, I think being here and being surrounded by all of this artwork is just really enriching. and you know, having these rotating exhibitions, we recently had a photography exhibition, and I found that incredibly inspiring so it's just driven me to go out and make more
0: pictures. So I was kind of curious about um, everyone's relationship to the collection. I grew up in this area and I was curious how is this, a, was this a new discovery for you when you started working here? Or is this something that you've been engaging with your whole lives?
3: I've been coming to the museum. Uh, I remember coming in well in grade school um, and I've just like, Throughout the course of my life, tried to spend as much time as possible here. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, having this resource that I'm here, when I'm here, I can, you know, on my breaks, go and walk through the museum. And um, especially when the etching show was here, that was like amazing. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, it's super inspiring to be around it.
0: What was amazing about it for you?
3: the etching show in yeah. particular. Yeah. Um, at the time I was doing a lot of etching. I've sort of moved over to screen printing now, but just like the level of detail and the range of values that they, they get in their work. And the best part of it was having the magnifying glasses and you could go around and like look at the little, little lines. That was just like,
0: it was so exciting. Anyone <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> Anyone else? Think, yeah, no,
1: I, I grew up here too. And uh, my mom had me at the art museum always, so I've always been surrounded by this stuff. I remember the period rooms that uh, don't exist really anymore, but I get to see them still because <laughs> I, I get to go into storage and uh, go and see all that fun stuff, so I remember things and I'm like, hey, that used to be over here where the Rookwood is now, and I'm telling all these people who like
0: were too young to be around for the period rooms about them, so... So now I'm curious, because I've never, I didn't even think about that. There are period rooms still stashed, but I assume, like, you know, how do you, do you see them in, like, basically in pieces or, you know? Uh,
1: Yeah, kind of nicely arranged, but, you know, (laughs) uh,
6: in in their racks. Kim, Kim, uh, do I have to
0: cut this out? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Kim is, like, covering her face. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to get an angry letter? Do I have to Well, we out? have a conservator there, too. Our
1: storage is, too. It's.
0: it's You're. I'm, I'm not saying, yes. like, I, I know it's not going to be, like, lying on the floor. <laughs> like, I'm just curious, like, how one envisions a room when it's, well, like. Well, no, yeah,
1: it's, it's how unreal, how it? unreal because when it used to be, like, a three-dimensional thing you could walk into, now it is in a row. Oh wow! Stacked like panels.
0: That's uh, kind of great.
1: Imagine like each wall being its own piece of artwork, yeah, and then it being put into a rack next to the next piece of
0: artwork. That's that sounds actually really great to see it that way. Actually, that's kind of really cool too. I mean, I don't know. I could imagine that being almost an an interesting art piece in itself to see that right. the way in it's arranged it, that it way. Could yeah, be, for
6: sure.
0: So, um, I, anyone else have any sort of I guess. We talked about mostly positive experiences. You had one sort of work-life balance. Anyone else find that you know, being at the museum, being surrounded, working with art makes it actually hard to make art?
4: I'd say there, there's always a struggle of time. You know, when, when you're at work, you can't, can't create. So, yeah. but the, the inspiration that, that you get from being around and, and seeing behind the scenes. Uh, but, but yeah, it's always, um, you have to work to, to make time to create. Um.
0: So, what was your? I can't remember. You have you? Did you say your relationship? Like, how are you from this area, Larry? Yeah, originally. Yeah. So, you've been familiar with the collection for a long time too, right? Yeah. And
4: seeing the museum as you know, before working here, it's kind of a, everything's kind of a mystery. You don't realize how fat, like how big, how, how much, how much artwork there is that isn't out, and that's one of the things that we get to see. You know all the pieces that are in storage, and, and um, so that that's that's kind of that's it's it's kind of like magic place in that sense. Working here, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's always you know positive. What
0: about you, Denise?
5: Yeah, I grew up in the area, and I one of the memories I have with coming to the art museum is I was in elementary school. I want to say late elementary, like fifth grade, and I remember. Um, just coming on a tour here. And then after that, I hadn't been here for years. I just kind of, art wasn't really an interest until really late high school and early college. But I do remember seeing the Andrew Wyeth painting upstairs. Um, and that actually became a big inspiration for me now is like kind of the work I create and the ideas I have around it. So I guess that's kind of the influence that the museum has had on me in the past to present kind of sense. so.
0: Why do you think that particular painting stuck out to you
5: i don't know i remember just the storyline around it when the docent was talking about it and it just stuck out to me right when i my first day here when i walked in the gallery as a guard i remember that painting and it just kind of stuck with me ever since so i think there's a mysterious about mysteriousness about it that really draws my attention
0: that's interesting because thinking about the work you have in this show it's it seems very um home-based or it tied to a location that's actually seemed similar to that painting so that's Mm -hmm. kind of interesting you know just thinking about that um domestic space seems something you're interested in
5: right i don't
0: know you know which came first but (laughs) yeah exactly
5: and i think it's just from seeing that all the time it's a lot of my ideas stem from his work which i've dived into a little bit more and just interior spaces and yeah
0: so Aaron, did you say, I can't remember, did you grow up uh, and have a relationship with the collection in the same way too?
2: Yes, I did. Yeah, I grew up um, in Cincinnati and I've been coming here since I was a kid. I think one of the most memorable exhibitions that I remember coming to see was the um, and Surrealism Exhibition. I think I actually came on the opening day and the closing day of it because I loved it so much. And just kind of um, seeing all of those works, I've always been very interested in art history and specifically like twenty. 20- 20th century art. So seeing all of those pieces um, just absolutely blew me away. And I remember going, I went to college shortly after that exhibition and, you know, definitely it sparked my interest to study those topics. And I don't think without seeing that I would have been so interested in those forms of art, specifically Dada, I feel like. Why Dada? Um, um, Just, I think it's fascinating. I think Duchamp is, um, you know, one of the greatest artists of all time and his audacity to say, Hey, this is a ready-made sculpture because I say that it's a work of art. For me, that's just, you know, art can be anything. And that inspired me to feel that way.
0: Do you see any kind of, that's really interesting. I wouldn't have, I I don't know, just because I I think the work you're making as a photographer doesn't seem- very
6: different.
0: Doesn't seem (laughs) different. But at the same time, is there much of a, at the same time, there could be a connection between Mm -hmm. that because Duchamp's saying, I point my finger at this thing and say it's art. And you're saying, I point my camera at this thing and say it's art. And really that's a struggle that photography had to overcome in a way in in its early days being recognized as an art form is that, you know, well, anyone can do that, right?
2: Right, it's just uh, hitting the button. But it's a lot more than that. And I don't know. um, I had a a really influential um, artist talk when I was in college by um, Richard Rinaldi, who recently, um, I believe, showed some work in relation to Photo Focus in 2014. Um, And, uh, oh, I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's okay, right? Oh, uh, he referred to um, instead of taking pictures, it's making pictures. Right, it's a very simple like semantic change, but I don't know. It influenced me a lot. You're consciously, you know, framing everything in a specific way, and you're consciously making decisions of what you are including and excluding from a photograph, and that's you know the difference between like a uh, art photograph and maybe just a snapshot. Yeah. even though i work in the snapshot aesthetic
0: yeah that's interesting so um it makes me think i don't know just a, a piece that i really like in the show which is your sammy's which seems like a real interesting departure of taking something like traditional print making and then building this installation out of it that also seems um maybe to a person just walking in like just a a casual scene you would see in like, I don't know your grandmother's house of plants or something. And I just was kind of curious where that, that sort of came from. Was that something you're just recently trying out as an artist or is it, you know, something you've been doing for a while?
3: Um, I started doing the plants uh, around this time last year. Uh, It was actually a project for class. Um, And I started it because I started keeping plants in my studio and I just like got so excited about buying more plants and filling my studio and trying to make it look like a jungle. And I was like, but why don't I make paper ones? And then they can have all the cute designs that I want on the pots on the plants. So I just got really, really excited about that. And that's been like pretty much all I've done since then is just tons and tons of plants.
0: (laughs) That's great so i was kind of curious um about you know actually the images that we're showing behind these guys uh that we have scrolling most of them are pulled from their submissions to the show so not necessarily what is in the show but what they wished was in the show sort of the things they uh they picked out and so i'm kind of curious about uh if there were pieces that you were surprised made it in over other pieces of yours or if you would have rather had something in the show that didn't make it in i know pj you said you had a feeling about this earlier, I mention this earlier <laughs> so i'll point you out i was wondering if it was going to pop up again uh, you can uh, describe uh, describe describe it for us though if you want to well, talk about that my, piece.
1: my one piece that uh, did get in and was kind of cool because it was picked for the images was the the egg and it's like got a golden egg on the inside and seems to be floating in another egg, and uh that piece I did not expect to necessarily like get attention and like be Why not i just because it's tiny and they made the poster <laughs> and it looks giant and, then, <laughs> and when i brought it in everybody's like oh but it's so small <laughs>
6: the like, deception I was of
1: advertising. i <laughs> think i totally had that same yeah. reaction yeah. too when
0: i saw it in person i was like oh that's tiny <laughs> it, you
1: know i mean i thought it was big when i first made it yeah. but that's the, it was hard to get that size uh, but i have a piece that's scrolling behind us that uh it was inspired by working here and Uh, I am a sculpture major and I did stone carving and working with this material, I noticed I can get it to kind of take like a marble kind of look if I layer the paper and cement kind of loosely. So I started making a portrait bust by basically filling bags, uh, Ziploc bags with the material mixed up and stacking them in a way so that they all fit together in individual pieces and put it all on a flag stand, and it kind of looks like an abstract uh, portrait bust. And I was all excited, and I was like, Yeah, this piece is gonna get in the show. And it didn't get in the show. But my moons made it in, too. And I didn't expect that. Uh, Why
0: didn't you expect the moons to make it in?
1: There is just kind of last minute, and it was the last thing I was like, I can do this, too. Uh, so i've been doing everything i can with these materials it's paper pulp cement plaster and i just mash it all together sometimes there's sawdust mixed into it and uh, i started shoving it into bowls and kind of putting it into like the corners and they look like rose petals so i've made roses i have a couple roses at home and i didn't submit those but mm-hmm. maybe i should have <laughs> <laughs> I, and i decided to make the moons but as like another way of you know using the bowls and the varying sizes and i thought it was fun how they look like constellation kind of if you hang a whole bunch of them at once so
0: but that's kind of i, I don't know that's interesting that in a way maybe was there a little bit of um bias in your own head about the pieces based on your own sort of work on them and time involved exactly yeah and and so it's just kind of funny to think about that as far as work ethic and those ideas of of working and oh this is you know it's funny because i see that a lot in guests at the museum is that that's a big com if they look at a piece of art and they feel like well they didn't do much here <laughs> there's a there's an expectation of a certain work ethic and oh well we expect somebody to have uh, it's the old just like we were talking about with Duchamp like well i could have done that right eh. and it kind of goes to show you though that when you know the reality of what you've done and it doesn't really matter because the whoever you know the juror for the show obviously felt differently you know they preferred this piece so um, that's interesting though, but I agree. I would have put that piece in the show too. <laughs> if I was there, I remember when I looked at it, I saw that piece and I was like, that's amazing. I love that sculpture. Why is that not in there? Thank you. You're welcome. That's, yeah, I, that was my first, uh, one of the first pieces that stood out to me too is like, ah, oh, I love that. And actually I, I'll admit, I didn't even see the, um, the sort of connection to a portrait bust either. I just, I was just attracted to the those sort of almost pillowy forms that you said, I guess, were made by Ziploc bags. So, so the, the way that they look like so soft almost, but then knowing that they're, they're very rigid. And so I, I like that. Um, Aaron, did you have something else you were, you were gonna say?
2: Yes, definitely. So um, like I said earlier, my, the works that I have on display are from a series um, that I made for my senior thesis in college. And um, the series is about um, a very good friend of mine who was shot in the stomach. And it was very um, hard for me to speak about the work without any of the photographs of him being included in the exhibition. Um, Russell did put one up for the slideshow. So if you see a gentleman laying on a bed, um, that is the image that I'm referring to. So for me, it was just very difficult to speak about these three, although they're very important images within my 40 image book. that didn't necessarily, I guess they're more ancillary images or auxiliary images that kind of um, go into more of the symbolic meaning um, behind uh, the trauma that he faced. But without him actually being there represented, it was very difficult for me to uh, talk about that work.
0: Yeah. Any, anyone else have uh, anything that kind of were surprised uh, didn't make it in over something else? Or you're looking like, Denise, like, nah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: The one piece that I didn't get in is um, just a—it's a painting of an egg and then a paper towel, and there's no space. It's just all you know—a flat space. There's no dimension or anything. And a lot of my other pieces have depth, space, dimension, like high contrast. And it really wasn't a surprise. I just threw it in because I could have six images, and, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, So
0: and again probably my favorite piece when i was looking through your work yeah of those submissions i looked. i was like i love this one maybe maybe it's because it was the new thing too like it, yeah. maybe that was also i had seen the other work because i'd already seen the show and then when i looked through the submissions i was like but that's
5: amazing Look at that. that is a newer piece so
0: i love i love that it is so flat like yep. i thought that was really great so yes. i don't know it was my favorite piece but oh, thank you. Um, yeah, um, so, so Larry, I've been dying to ask you about, you, you actually only submitted one piece, and your piece in the show is very directly tied to the museum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was hoping you could, why don't you describe the piece in case uh, these folks don't, haven't seen it. It has been up on the screen, but uh, you can just describe it for everybody. So this
4: piece uh, I used, um, it's a costume, with fringe, uh, black fringe, um, and I, what I and the reason why I only submitted one piece was because that's the one that I wanted to, to be in the show. Um,
6: <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Larry, what's with Larry? <laughs> <laughs> All
6: right. So, the
4: the material is actually from the museum, and that was that's kind of one of my goals was to create work. So I, I, a lot of my, most of my costumes that I create are used, uh, or I use um, cast off materials. Um, uh, in another image in the background, you see uh, a suit that I made with final records, um, consumer products that, that I used. Um, so I, I like to collect things that, um, uh, you know, some someone might throw away and try to make Something else out of it. So this piece um, it's called "Them," and uh, I used the fringe curtains that were in the Schmidlab, uh gallery um, that were cut down and <laughs> were going to be thrown away. So I collected some of them and made a suit out of it. Um, and well, that's you know, my hopes was that someday that it could be back in the museum. And when we had this opportunity, yeah, I was like, that's, that's the one. So
6: That's <laughs> <is> it!
0: <laughs> so... The, yeah, I, I died laughing when I walked in and saw that piece. Yeah. Um, not, be, not like... Well, <laughs> 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 and then I said, you call that art? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, to add more context
4: to, to this, a lot of people, patrons, probably people within the museum, didn't really like the curtains that were in yeah. that gallery. Um, I, I don't really have an opinion one way or another about it, but I thought it was interesting that a lot of people just had this kind of negative emotion feeling towards that, so that's kind of like what the piece, the, the character is.
0: Yeah, they were very divisive, that's for sure. People felt, I feel I, I, I didn't hear a lot of people go like, I could take them or leave them like, I know people, like <laughs> people kind of had a very strong opinion one way or the other about the curtains and so that was what I thought was so funny about your piece and I wanted I was curious what your opinion was on it because the piece actually seems actually to capture both of those sides of it um, by being called Them which has this like it's the title of like a B movie from yeah, and, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah like a, it's like Old sci-fi movie, right. right? You know, so this very like, and it has this monster movie kind yeah, of aesthetic, kind of yeah. swamp thing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like dripping, and I mean, it's it immediately has like this horror movie connotation to me right. when I looked at it, and then so it was really great when I saw the title reflected that because I was like, oh, this is so much. So this thing that was just. Sort of the terror of so many people's lives. <laughs> oh, The curtains. Oh, the curtains in like Oh, you know, I thought it was so funny to make it into this like literal monster. Yeah. <laughs> it's like terrorizing the museum. I thought it was so funny. So I'm glad. I'm I'm glad to hear that you. So it sounds like you you actually maybe like them in some ways, or
4: uh, like I said, I, I you know I see both aspects of the argument. I mean, I think it was a good. Thing to try, Um, it isn't necessarily museum. Like that's my opinion is it's not really, you know, museum. I don't know. It's just not the right feel for the museum. But again, this is just my opinion. I I didn't hate them. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't (laughs) writing letters or anything like that. Put on record that Larry (laughs) didn't start a letter writing campaign. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Anyone else have any feelings about Schmidlap curtains? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were before my time.
0: You didn't. You were. You never saw them.
2: No, Aww. I think I must have uh, missed that uh, opportunity.
0: Aw, hmm. I I personally miss them. I <laughs> I, I actually really the tactile, tactile feel, the kids like through them. Your hands. Exactly. Is they from I miss them. I, I just feel like they were. So, I, it was so unusual, and I wa- I remember the first time I walked into that gallery. I hadn't been to the museum in a while. It was before I worked here. And I saw them and I just... I had never seen anything like it. Yeah. I basically, it's like you're saying, this does not feel like a museum, and that's why I liked it. I was like, yeah. I genuinely, this is the most surprising experience I've had in a museum <laughs> in a very long time. And I walked in, and also the way they absorbed light, mm-hmm. and it was so dark, which was another people uh, people hated, and trip <laughs>
1: hazard, and yeah, and possibly
0: yeah. dangerous, but <laughs> you know, it was it was so it was so exciting because you were just like, to me, I walked in and I had no idea where like space began and ended because of the way they they like played with light and so i i just loved them and they were so like kind of theatrical too right i just i thought they were great so i I, i'm happy to see them back in the museum and and even more happy to see them as a monster (laughs) so um pj uh why why the obsession with the campbell county recorder they just keep delivering it to my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought a house in Bellevue, and they keep sending me the paper, and uh, I'm like, i got to make good use of this. I don't want to just put it out to the recycle bin, so that's actually where it started.
0: Do you read papers. the articles? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't actually have like a real connection with the paper on any level? No.
1: Well, I'm, I literally live like a mile from where I grew up. I've always lived in Campbell County, yeah. so there's my connection to
0: sure well that's why I, I did too so that's why i kind of wondered it's a paper i got you know at, at the house as a kid Did you so- read it no i don't live in campbell county anymore <laughs> 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 but if i did i read it from front <laughs> page to back Um, No, though, I I will tell you, uh, there's a very special article in, I believe, an an issue maybe in 1988 about a a budding uh, poet who had an article published in Highlights. So if you, if you, it's you, uh, maybe, I don't know, if 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 you'd like to, um, I think there's an archivist somewhere in Alexandria uh, named Judy Eirig who can hook you up with a copy of that if you'd like to see it. So, <laughs> so Aaron, I kind of wondered about your work. It feels very tied to a particular location to me. Yes. And I mean, I'm just, I haven't really talked to you about this. So mm-hmm. I'm curious what, where do most of your photographs take place? And is there sort of a, a specific locale to them?
2: Uh, yeah. So most of the photographs take place um, over on the west side of Cincinnati. I did shoot um, all of the work here, although I was going to college in um, upstate New York. Um, specifically, the um, like kind of Corian area. And um, an interesting thing that actually ties into um, a painting we have in the Schmidt Lab Gallery currently. Um, some pictures also take place on the East Miami River, or the Great Miami River, um, which has been like a really um, inspirational place for me and just kind of going there and retreating and gathering my thoughts um, and making a lot of portraits there. Um, but there's a Robert Duncanson piece that is of that same river. Um, up in the Schmidlap Gallery right now, so it's kind of interesting to see um, two different images of the Great Miami River here at the museum.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, does anyone else have any sort of? I, now I'm like, oh, that's great. Did, did anyone else do anything as cool as Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> no,
6: the answer is no.
0: <laughs> I just like no, my kind of lame. So. I say, yeah, you got the Campbell County Recorder. Page. There you go. Uh, right, it's
6: not a great river. <laughs>
0: I know I already sort of asked you something about this before, but are there any definite connections with uh, any pieces you've made that are directly inspired by anything in the collection or anything else you've made or no <laughs>
6: <laughs> probably
0: probably
1: I definitely have, but nothing that was put into this show or submitted. I mean
0: sure, but tell me about what what you have made, that's fine.
1: Okay. Uh well there's I i love the sculpture work, the old bronze work up in the Baroque gallery. Uh the uh rape of the Sabines mm-hmm. is a good one. I love the three dimensionality of it, not necessarily the
6: context or
0: the right, right. story. <laughs> uh
1: and I love the, that literally from each side it's it's still a beautiful sculpture. No matter what way you see it, there's there's not a back and a front. It's all in the round. So I did a version but a Similar to my portrait bust, no detail in the figures and anything. They're really abstract and loose and kind of just like a, a knot of people, if you will, all kind of combined. So.
0: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else have anything that you can make a definite connection to anything or? <laughs> all right, we'll go away from that dead end. <laughs> um what, I guess, um, I was interested, I know you talked a little bit about shows that inspired you too, have there, has anyone else have any, and Sammy, you talked about The Etching Show, um, any other big exhibitions that you've seen at the museum that had a lasting impa- impact on you? Um,
2: Another one for me was um, Eyes on the Street, that uh, yeah. Brian Schill has created. Absolutely incredible exhibition. Um, Jill Magdid, who had a piece, um, Evidence Locker, in that show, had come and spoken at my college um, while I was a student, and I was blown away by her work then. And then seeing it here at the museum, I was like, oh, my God. So, um, and just all of the other work, Philip Lorga de Corsia and all those other photographers, I mean, that was by far one of the best photography exhibitions I personally think that we've had. Um, And Kentucky Renaissance, too, I thought was really incredible to see um, all of those wonderful contemporary um, or kind of contemporary, <laughs> I guess they were making work in the 50s to the 70s, <laughs> um, but, you know, those modern photographers making work that had, um, that addressed kind of contemporary issues um, and just kind of that community element, I thought that was an excellent exhibition, and I was so excited to see that, because besides Ralph Eugene Meatyard, I had not heard of
0: any of those. Yeah. Yeah, that Eyes on the Street was an amazing show. I thought so, too. And I thought it was really interesting because a lo- at, at first glance, I thought a lot of that work would be really difficult for some mm-hmm. viewers. Um, but when I would tour people through that show, they, people loved it. Right. Actually. It's such
2: visually striking work. I think that um, alone kind of uh, like made it stand apart. And I think something, not that, say, Kentucky Renaissance um, wasn't as visually striking, but just that um, I think of Kentucky Renaissance was more of a photographer's exhibition, whereas Eyes on the Street is more universal.
0: Yeah. Um, what were you gonna I, say? I was in love with
1: uh, the Wesselman exhibition we did not too long ago. Um, some, I mean, some of his pieces were just unbelievable and as uh the laser cut metal drawings, like that they're not classified as a sculpture, they're not classified as a drawing, and, or at least he likes to think they're not. And, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I loved that argument, and that was awesome, but he had uh, these small pieces that were the little moquettes that he had been making for his large, large-scale uh, works, just cut from pieces of paper and stuff like that, and I went home and started doing that, taking my own drawings and modifying them and then cutting them out of stiff paper, and I started that right away. It was fun, but... Uh, you get you asked earlier about uh how this place kind of affects your your work on art and my my artwork at home and honestly uh with what I do here, making mounts and the stuff I do, i'm kind of making artwork all day every day with little pieces of brass and plexiglass and we're constantly cutting things out of cardboard and putting things together. And it, I, that's where my art is really spent now. I'm creating here so much, especially with the Samurai show. Once that ends, maybe I can make something of my own again. But <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. And yeah. uh, that show, the Westman show, I have to admit, it's like we were putting stuff on the wall and I was going home and cutting things out, taping them together and
0: playing with it. Oh, that's fun. So it really directly, like, you're, you're going in and handling the stuff and putting it up on the walls and then going home and basically trying out the same techniques.
1: Exactly. I, I figured if he was doing the maquettes, just like with scotch tape was what he was doing, colored pieces of paper, I was doing it a little cleaner and trying to make them look like finished pieces by using, like, medium and gluing mm-hmm. the pieces together. Actually, uh, I did a piece where I cut out the figure the way I liked it, and I placed nails into a board, and then I glued them onto the nail so it's floating in front of the piece, kind of. Like one of his laser cuts, but cheap, yeah. and made out of paper.
0: <laughs> but you, oh, how economical! <laughs> um, since you guys are all, I, I actually didn't know coming into this tonight that everyone was from here originally and has this sort of long uh, connection with the museum. So I'm kind of curious: Are there any pieces on that you really love that are that you? are not on view right now that you wish would be on view? Cause I, I know everyone always has those native American art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Period. What yeah. do you, what do you love about it?
4: <coughs> the costume.
0: Or is it more just a political thing? Like you well, feel no, like it should be on, view? I think it
4: should, but yeah. I, the costume work and you know, the history, uh, but yeah, yeah. Visually the costume for me and, and, uh, kind of the rituals that went with that, and, and it 's hopefully someday that they 'll come back uh, the African work is now out again
1: which but there is a lot more that could come out with the African stuff if we could ever find
4: space yeah yeah space space is always a yeah. uh, an issue with the museum, and that 's kind of one of the things I was talking about before is there 's only a small percentage of of our collection is out that people get to see so you know, working here and what we do, we, can, we have the opportunity to see what people can't see. And, and you know, it's like, wow, it'd be good if we could display some things. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot.
0: Yeah, I never would have, that's such a cool connection. I would have never thought about the sort of performative nature of those works, of um, Native American works and also the, some of those African dance pieces. Those are, that's really cool to make that connection anyone else have? I, and obviously, you guys know better than probably most people how much effort goes into putting this work out. So you know that this is this is dream dream world. I know it's not like just you get to snap your fingers and we can do that. So I'm just curious what, what those things you, you miss are.
5: Uh, one of my first artistic influences was Degas. And a few years ago, we had a Degas exhibition here. And we have about, I, don't, I think it's, seven pieces, if I remember correctly, of Degas in storage, and you can, I, from what I remember, have them out once every seven years because they're so sensitive to light, but they're so beautiful, and yeah, I wish I could see those all the time, but just to keep them looking as good as they do now, we have to keep them away for a while, so.
0: Yeah, that's the shame when we have great things that are just our works on paper that mm-hmm. you can only show for such a short period of time, and you're like, oh, I wish we could show this all the time. Those digouts are amazing.
2: There are a lot of photographs like that, too, because they're also light-sensitive works. So I think we had uh, Ryan McGinley's Petra up um, where our Andy Warhol currently is, um, and that was on view for a little while. I was sad to see that go. We've had some other uh, photographs as well. Um, And then I've been working on our annual report, so I just saw the um, recent accessions that we've got, and uh, those works haven't been out on view yet, but um, would really love to see Gregory Halpern in the gallery. Um,
3: the Albrecht Dürer Adam and Eve that was up with the Mastercats Albrecht Dürer is like my favorite
6: we ever we do.
3: yes and I'm so
6: ready <laughs> <laughs> so ready <Yeah. laughs> um, good news <laughs> <laughs> so
3: excited um, that one and then there's a painting called uh, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation but the Terrace at Merrick uh, by Frederick zeal sounds good to me <laughs> with it um and that one had been up for a while because i like remember before working here coming and that was like first stop for me all the time um it was unfinished so there was like a lady on a bench that was sketched in in charcoal and oh, she looked yeah. like super ghostly um, but the rest of it was all painted and yeah, it, I have a picture of like the day I had my interview here, <laughs> me next to that painting, like, I love it so much. And then I was taking my friend through the museum one day and I'm like, and my favorite painting's in here and it was gone, <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Well, it was here. I promise.
0: Yeah. Every, everyone's had that experience. Yeah. <laughs> things move around and yeah, it's, it's better to happen in that instance than when you're in the middle of, say a tour and I should have done a walkthrough
1: first.
6: <laughs>
1: Maybe I should have called you and told you
6: it. Or yeah, I'll blame you PJ. <laughs> yeah. You could have called me, man. Come on.
0: Sorry. <laughs> well, um, This is my favorite part because I've been dreaming about this for a while, is that I get to play Phil Donahue now and uh, walk down, and if anyone has any questions, and I'm looking in your general direction, Kim and Josh, because you you guys can. uh... (laughs) You got a question for me, Josh?
6: Um,
7: I am wondering if any of you think about the lifespan of your artwork because, I mean, we have a lot of art in the museum that has lasted for many, many years. And we also have a lot of things in storage that we're not so lucky. Um, and a lot of it is thinking about the materials that you use and how they change over time. And so I'm wondering if you think about that when you make art.
0: And that question came from an objects conservator. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Often I just think this is not gonna be able to be conserved. So, good luck. (laughs) All hope is lost. (laughs) Uh,
1: It depends on on what what media I'm working in, but not really, not anymore. It's more, I I think about the preparator and whether or not they're going to be able to handle the artwork without it just crumbling in their hands. You know, how you get it on the wall, and I'll tell you what, I've done some gallery work and stuff before, and I put hangers on all of my artwork, and all artists should put hangers on the back of all of their artwork before showing up with your artwork to be installed. It's, it's very important.
3: It's something that I've started to think about more after this show, um, particularly like homegrown, the plants. My main concern when I was making that was like, will this stay standing for crit? will the leaves not fall off this plant (laughs) and i never like in my dizziest daydreams imagined that it would be in the museum and now i'm like looking at it and i'm like would that make it past this like it's taken care of here but once it's back in my hands is it gonna be okay like um my storage situation is a little weird So I don't know that I'd ever be able to show it again. So now when I'm working on stuff, I'm like, how do I make this usable multiple times?
0: I actually want to ask Kelly another question now. Now you're on the panel, Kelly. Um, I'm curious, (laughs) is there any show, pieces in the show that give you, that you look at and you go, oh, that ain't going to (laughs) last? My my work probably. There
7: there are a, a lot that I mean, when I look at art, that is what I think about um, how how I would take care of that in the long term if it ever came to that. Um, so, I mean, Larry's piece, I didn't get to see it mounted or anything, but I, I'm assuming those curtains are a polyester blend, likely, okay. so they he would last for a very long time. Probably not like sensitive. <laughs> they're,
4: they're flame retardant.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> they are. I, I researched.
7: I have talked to some of the artists already about their, like Josh, I've talked to him about the resin that he uses and that maybe it will yellow over time if he exposes it to too much light. Um, so that is something that I think about. And, yeah, I just, I wonder if anyone else thinks about that too, just because, you know, the art doesn't, things don't last forever. Right. And Is it just the creation of the art and you don't really care what happens to it after that? Or do you really want that tangible thing to last? Okay.
4: I think I think you you have to kind of balance that and at working here and working with conservators you do think I do think of, I think of those things but you do have to balance like because and also with contemporary you know modern materials I don't know what plexiglass is going to do I have no idea so I could you know I could ask you but who knows
1: I mean, I'll tell you when I was making the, the eggs for that piece uh it was more about whether or not they would survive the process of me creating them, and they're so thin—they literally are like eggshell thin. Uh, so, I mean, will they last time? I don't know, but they survived my car right
0: here, and I was really happy with that. <laughs> are there any more audience questions? Oh, one over here.
8: First, I just wanted to say thanks to all five of you, because seeing the show, and I know there were many more than you guys, it was it just made another reason, um, an emotional uh, deposit in my bank account with the museum. And knowing, it's like, God, I should've thought of that when I got out of college, like, get a job at security at the museum. But uh, I mean, I just think it's, it's lovely. Um, But my specific question is for Larry, because I did some background on the Nick Cave show when it was Mm -hmm. here. And your pieces just spoke to me. And I think Nick would be proud. And Mm -hmm. uh, and I was just, and then when I see the pieces that didn't make it into the show, I would love for you to talk about the guy standing in the middle of the street. Yeah, Talk about that character. Because it's so powerful.
4: Thank you. Um, that character is called Beast Mode, and uh, he's made a vinyl record. That particular version of him is made of vinyl records. Um, they were vinyl records that were uh, thrown away, basically, um, by uh, another part of the forest, which is in OTR on Main Street. Um, so I became friends with the owner, Mike, and he's weekly would throw them away just stacks and stacks of records because he didn't have any place for them. And a friend of mine pointed that out to me. Uh, and so I just started collecting them and made that suit. Um, as far as Nick Cave, you know, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't really get to talk about it earlier, but, um, that was w- very influential, um, on me that that exhibit, I was able to, uh, help. I was in school at the time and, um, you know, I had done costume work in the back in the in the past, but not not in the fine arts realm. And seeing his show, I was like, "Well, okay, you can do that in the gallery and see how people react." So that that was you know a big impact on me seeing that show. Um, but thank you.
8: Can the panel maybe go by one by one and tell us what you're up to now, or what your next project's gonna be, or? And it's OK if that's installing the Dress to Kill show at the Cincinnati Art Museum that opens <laughs> February 11. Thank you. <laughs> um, like I
2: said, I'm working on uh, getting some negatives developed. I think I have about like 15 or so roles um, that I'm working to compile together. Um, I've moved away from portraiture, which is really different for me. Um, as you can see, all of my uh, pieces in the show are portraits. Um, so I'm kind of just moving away from that and focusing more on, like, abstract landscapes. So I'm really interested to see um, these negatives come back. Um, it was what I shot on a road trip this summer with um, the exhibition designer, former exhibition designer at Crystal. So it'll be great to see that work, finally, after a lot, a lot of months.
1: <laughs> I saw some of the salt flat pictures and stuff. on like Oh, that's
2: yes, good. yeah. That's so good. I've not gotten the negatives
6: back still.
1: As Kim said, I'm working on the the Dress to Kill show, which is 11 samurai suits, which has been a mess to try and figure out and keep organized. And uh, I don't even know how many swords. I want to say like 20 swords, six shotguns, pistols, everything. It's it's unbelievable the amount of stuff that goes into this. Um, So I'm not really working on artwork too much, except I've been uh, experimenting with creating kind of like outdoor chandeliers, we'll say. I use uh, solar LED string lights, and I have glass bottles and a glass bottle cutter, and I cut them down and glue the lids on over the lights and make them into like clusters and kind of crazy things, so experimenting with that.
3: Uh, I'm in my final semester at DAP right now, um, so I'm doing thesis work, which will uh, The plan is for it to be a large-scale plant installation, similar to homegrown, but bigger.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So for the museum, I'm finishing up uh, Tiffany design. Uh, Tiffany windows, or uh, windows and uh, lampshade. Yeah, lamps. Which opens... April 1st. April 1st. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also did the exhibition design for the Dress to Kill show, which opens February 11th, <laughs> and it's a fantastic show. PJ has done an amazing job, everybody, you know, the whole crew, of, uh, carpenters, um, everybody. Um, my personal work, I'm continuing um, making costumes, doing performance. I'm um, uh, finishing up a project called Amazing Urban Adventures. Um, That's through people's liberty. And I'm also continuing with my performance work, uh, which is is called For Realism Tribe. For Realism Tribe.
5: (laughs) 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 So uh, currently I'm working on a few commissions for family and friends. Um, But my personal work, I'm trying to really focus on my charcoal drawings. I work with both painting and drawing, but... um, just trying to stay focused on the charcoal work because that's what I'm most comfortable in and just enjoy doing a lot more. Um, Trying to stay at a smaller scale. A lot of my work is really big. And actually, Kelly, to answer your question, uh, my blue sink drawing that's in the show, I I, I did think about that and also how I was going to hang it so you guys could hang it. Um, But, yeah, so at a smaller scale, um, more spaces that people live in so um, you can understand the person that lives in this space just by the the things that inhabit it um, and kind of work with the figure a little bit too so trying a lot of different things and seeing where it takes me
0: well i want to thank you guys all for being here tonight and thank you all for coming tonight and hopefully, if you haven't seen the show yet, uh, you've still got a little while. What's the closing date? February it was
2: extended. 19th.
0: February 19th. So you've got a little bit of time still to go check out the show. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions on view right now are The Poetry of Place, William Clift, Linda Connor, and Michael Kenna, The Book of Only Enoch, and The Jackleg Testament, Part 1 Jack and Eve. And of course, Employed, a staff art exhibition, which closes on February 19th, so come see it soon. Opening on February 11th are Dressed to Kill, Japanese Arms and Armor, and Transcending Reality, The Woodcuts of Kosaka Gaijin. For program reservations and more information, visit cincinnatiartmuseum.org. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even Snapchat. Our theme song is Offrande Musicale by Dacca If you like what you heard, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps others discover our show. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum.